We discussed last week a couple of tshuvas of Rav Moshe Stern, the Debertina Rav, on matters of science and halacha. And I pointed out, my, my theme was that although the Debertina was very much an old world posek, a very traditional European posek, in a number of his tshuvas he had a remarkable, a notable respect for science and a conviction that despite the fact that science is Goyish, science was not, from his Eastern European, uh, very traditionalist background, science was not you know, part and parcel of his culture. He had a very, he had a very uh, firm conviction that what the scientists tell us needs to be taken seriously. We discussed his tshuva about the microphone, where he argued that it's clear if you, speak, if you speak to the technicians, you speak to the engineers who explain microphone technology, it will be clear to you, he says, that it's not the original voice, and Halach has to follow that explanation. And he says he, he, he strongly uh, repudiates the opinion of another great posek, likely Ramosha Feinstein, who apparently wasn't swayed by the engineering. The Debertziner lectures us that whenever a posek uh, deals with a question involving modern technology, he has to be sure to consult the technical people, the engineers, otherwise he may have a misconception how the technology works, and that the halacha might be wrong because of that. Then we discussed another tshuva about co-sanguinuity, about the marrying cousins, marrying close relatives, where the, where the men of science have been telling us for a century or two that it's a bad idea, that it can result in problems, in, in, in defects in the children, he grapples with the fact that the Gemara seems to condone the practice, and he discusses Nishtana Ateva, the idea that nature changed. But the bottom line is, he feels very strongly that we should discourage cousin marriage, despite the fact that it, it, that, that it was clearly approved of in the Jewish tradition. We have to defer We have to defer to the science, he says. The science is clear. The, 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 the science are not just saying, uh, speculating. The science is based on experiment and... Uh, based on experiment and reliable empirical observation, and it says, and therefore, in general, we have to strongly discourage people from marrying cousins based on the science, despite the fact that in early traditional sources it was approved of. He makes an exception, he says, he, he does carve out, as we mentioned last time, he does carve out an exception that anything that Chazal said was a mitzvah, that uh, he refuses to say Nishtana Ateva, he refuses to defer to modern science, so when Chazal actually said it's a mitzvah to marry cousins, he doesn't want to say Chazal were wrong, he doesn't want to say that things change. That he says it's only a mitzvah if you're mechavin l'shem shemayim, and even today he says if a person is mechavin l'shem shemayim, then he can do it. But in general, anytime it's not l'shem shemayim, we have to follow the, the physicians. In general, we should not assume people are acting l'shem shemayim. That's why Rabbi Chassid already discouraged marrying cousins, and that, that's his position, that in general we should have a strong, in general our default position should be a strong deference to the medical establishment, especially to things that they say based on uh, solid observation and strong empirical evidence, unless it contradicts something in Chazal. The other example he gives is Matitza Bepeh, which Chazal said was, uh, was a mitzvah the way he understands it. And that, he says, we have to say the scientists are just wrong because the, because the, the opinions of the Torah trump whatever the, whatever the scientists say. But in general, he says, we have to defer to science, and, the, and, and that's what we do. Now, in the, end of that, in the end of that second tshuva on marrying cousins, he has a fascinating passage. He says, again, the bulk of the tshuva is making the case that we should follow medical advice and strongly discourage marrying cousins. But, but the, so, so in the bulk of the tshuva, he develops this general position that we should generally follow, follow the, the medical establishment's advice on matters of health and science unless it contradicts Chazal. So he writes as follows. He writes... Alpi'elu advarim, brurim kasimla, he says, continuation of the tshuva we did last week, that, that based, on, based, on what, based on what he said here, he says, it's absolutely clear that smoking, he says, is usher. Now, today, again, today, many postkim, many postkim have arrived at that conclusion as well. Today, it's not all that surprising a position to take. Many posts can by many posts can by today would say that 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 smoking is smoking is very problematic, but it uh, th- this was this was written in the seventies. This, this volume this 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 volume of Be'er, of of Be'er Moshe was written back in the seventies. It was published in check the exact publication date, but it was, this was published uh, quite a while ago, at a time where posts can like Ramosha Feinstein, a, a more American postic perhaps, was not uh, was not 
was not willing to uh, flat out uh, flat out say smoking is prohibited. So I'm not yeah I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what year this was published in, but 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 this was a uh, this 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 was a, this was a fairly old tshuva. And and he says that smoking is absolutely prohibited. He says the smoking the, the physicians have done experiments, have come to the conclusion that smoking is injurious to health. He says that we are obligated to listen to them, he says. He says that the he says that the physicians all agree, innumerable physicians, that cigarettes damage the body and they cause various serious diseases, serious and uh, bad diseases. He said, we have to warn all Jews that they should be choshesh for medical advice and not smoke. Now, the Debertiner is very from, so he has to grapple with an obvious problem, which is, oh, really? If smoking is really so bad for you, what about many tzaddikim? They smoked, and it, and, and it, didn't, uh, and, and it didn't harm them, he says. So how can I tell you smoking is usher if the great tzaddikim, Hasidic Rebbe's, who often used to smoke, how can I tell you smoking is usher? So he says, I have three explanations. He says, first of all, again, he echoes what he says earlier, kol kavanasim l'shem shemayim. They had pure intentions. So they, I guess, it's, it's, I, don't know if, I don't know if you can call it a mitzvah, but I guess they, I, I've heard some Hasidic rabbis felt that they were engaging in tikkunim and spiritual practices when they smoked. Doesn't really explain. He just says, kol kavanasim l'shem shemayim. So that's not relevant to us. Second, he says, chul shagadola yardala olam. There's a general enervation, a general deterioration of physical strength, uh, that even from then, he says, and therefore we're, we're, we're just weaker than they were. This is a general assumption that halacha makes a lot, that we assume that later generations are weaker than earlier ones, we don't fast as much, and so on. We often say that we're just weaker than they were. This is part of, I think, a general idea of Niskat Nuhadaros in many ways. Not sure, not sure how to measure this, what Cholsha means on the one hand, we have better medicine, better nutrition, better resources, so we can certainly cure all kinds of things they couldn't cure then. We can certainly, uh, we, we, we certainly know, how, we know things they didn't know. We know not to smoke. On the other hand, maybe, maybe that, that, that itself is the point, because they, they, they lived in more Spartan conditions. They were just tougher. They, 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 they didn't have as much to eat, so they got used to going without. They were just stronger in the sense that, that a life of privation just toughens up the body and the spirit. I don't know. Okay, that's what he says. Chul shigadola yardala olam. His third explanation is, and this is a fascinating idea, he says, he says, pollution. He says that in the olden days, the, the, the air in the cities and villages used to be pure, he says. Today, the air is so foul, it's full of all kinds of smoke and smog, he says, and all kinds of terrible things. And he says the cities, the, the, the city administrations have waged a great war, Muhammad Nora. Uh, for air quality, he says, to try to clean the air. It's a losing battle. They haven't really succeeded in I think they made a lot of progress in some ways. They, they've banned some of the more, the nastier stuff from the air. And, you know, obviously some countries better than others. China's notorious for some of its uh, smog over its big cities. And some cities are really bad. I think first world countries have made some progress. But anyway, the Debertiner felt that we're fighting a losing battle against air pollution and air quality, he says. Therefore, he says, it makes a lot of sense that our lungs are so damaged by the bad air in the first place, our lungs are just weaker and we can't tolerate the cigarette smoke. Earlier generations, the air was better, the lungs were stronger, and they could tolerate uh, cigarettes that we can't. He says, our lungs, that every day, year after year, they breathe, they, the lungs breathe in, avir mu'upash, rotten, spoiled air, shachar, black air, Mole gas, the acid, full of gas and acid. So he says, yeah, the lungs like that are so debilitated from the, what we put them through to begin with, he says, that uh, they can't tolerate the smoke of the tobacco smoke and they can't, uh, they can't defend themselves against it. All right. However, however it goes, he says, that the, but, but certainly he says that the, we have to accept that it is austere for people to smoke cigarettes because of the obligation to preserve our health. Unless, he says, doctors give you a special dispensation and then you can only smoke what they allow you to give, whatever, I'm not sure what dispensations he's talking about, but in general, the Debertiner was a relatively early post-sake to ban smoking, again, despite the fact that it's not perhaps the position we'd expect from a you know, reactionary, traditionalist, old-world post As I've said, the Debertiner had a remarkably appreciative uh, attitude toward science. He felt that unless it was contradicted by Torah, there should be a there should be a, a, a very strong deference, a very strong presumption that the, that the medical establishment is correct. 
certainly when it's a strong consensus of the medical establishment, when it's based on lengthy observation and not just speculative theory, he says, okay, good. So he says that the that, that that's usher to smoke. Then he goes back and talks, he talks about some of the literature that was written about a century ago about marrying cousins, and he quotes some of the post who were who were, uh, were Makil. In particular, he, he has an interesting piece where he discusses the Marshag. Marshag, Rav Shimon Greenfeld, was one of the outstanding post He himself says he was, uh, he says he was a Bal Hara, Nifla Mamish, Yachid Mumcha, Bacham Hatara. He was one of the outstanding Eastern European post of the time. And the Marshag thought it was, it, it was Mutter, he says. But everything he says, with all due respect to his greatness in Torah, he says there's one answer, there's one response to everything he says. He says that he doesn't accept that Nishtana Atvarim, he doesn't accept that things could have changed from Chazal's time, he says. And that's uh, established, he said, he said. Marshag tries to argue the Sakana is considered a Sakana Segulis, it's considered a metaphysical Sakana, not a Derechateva Sakana. In some ways, Halacha takes metaphysical Sakana less seriously, he says. I don't understand, he says. Well, what, what metaphysical Sakana? The physicians, based on experiments, have established with their Chachma, the Chachma Sarafua, that it's damaging, he says. It's not school, he says. That's Sakana Baderechateva, he says. Maybe in the Marshag's time, they didn't know that yet, he says. But today, we, today, today we, know exactly what, we know exactly what it is, he says. Today we know that it's a, it's, it's a physical, scientific danger, he says. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, not school, he says. And therefore, again, we have to defer to science, and that's his conclusion. Ha'ikr l'halacha l'maisa b'zmanenu. Halacha l'maisa, he says, is that if people want to get married against the advice of the medical establishment, he says, we, we are obligated to warn them and inform them that it, this is not recommended medically, we have to tell them Shomer Nafshe Yerchak Mizeh, they should avoid this if they care about themselves. Unless you have Kaman L'Shem Shemayim and they can't find another Zivug, etc., then we could say Shor Mitzvah Liated But in general, the, there's a strong presumption of deference to the science. Similarly, he says, those who smoke, he says, Menadin Lahodiem, Shalem Lishmal Asasarofim, we have to tell people who smoke, he says, that they should not be smoking, that they should be listening to the, that they should be listening to the, to the, to the recommendations of that they should be listening to the recommendations of the medical establishment, they should not be smoking, and, uh, and, and yeah, that, that, that's his position. That's his position. He writes, the, the, the Debertina writes, I, I, mentioned, I was looking for the date before, he said, Chela K of the, of the Sefer was published in, in 28th of Av, Shnas Tufshin Lamedzayin, that, that's uh, 77, Chela Kvav, uh, published a little bit later, I guess, after, I have to check the exact date, but I'll call upon him, this, this is the, these are, these are the, the, these are his positions in the second tshuva that smoking is us or marriages that are counterindicated by science should be avoided. The the, the, the sixth volume of the sefer he says was written in Tufshin Mem, so about Tzamigdalia uh, Tufshin Mem, which would have been which would have been uh, <coughs> seventy nine. Okay, and that's when he prohibited smoking. By, by that date or earlier, he prohibited smoking. Another letter of the Debertziner, also showing his uh, strong commitment and his conviction that science is, uh, has, has, uh, has great power and, and, sh- and should be listened to, is a, is a letter that we discussed a little while back. I made a big deal out of it a couple of months ago as well. That was a letter he wrote <coughs> in support of the Darya Sharm organization. When Darya Sharm began to do genetic screening for Tay-Sex, the technology had evolved, had, had, had advanced to the point at which they could test parents for the, for the Tay-Sachs markers and thereby avoid couples who were both carriers. It's a recessive gene, so the, the carriers themselves will typically not know, have any reason to know, have any way to know without genetic screening or, or deaths of, the, of, their, of their children that they're carriers, but uh, because as long as, long as, as long as you only have one gene, you don't, uh, has no real no significant uh, effect, but if, if two parents marry and they both have the recessive gene, so on average, one out of four of the children, who they, if they inherit the bad gene from each of them, will have, a, one out of four of those children will have a 100% pretty much chance of getting Tay-Sachs, which is a horrible, horrible disease that kills the children, and in the meantime, they live, uh, <clears throat> a few years if they have, they live uh, terrible lives. So Darya Sharam, in conjunction with other, uh, other, other organizations, other people, began to develop uh, a testing regimen, a screening regimen, so that parents who are carriers could avoid marrying each other. And they, they went around soliciting support from all kinds of Rabbanim. Their goal was to appeal to the traditional community. So they got support from all kinds of Rabbanim uh, in favor of this. And almost all Rabbanim agreed that it was a fantastic idea. As we, we gave a whole share on this a few, a few months ago. 
the Debertina are among them. The one great exception was Ramanasha Klein, who thought it was a bad idea, for reasons I don't really understand well. But the Debertina, the Debertina and Ramanasha Klein, as we'll see soon, were, uh, were very similar poskim in some ways. They were both uh, very, very reactionary, old-world poskim. Uh, they, they corresponded, they knew each other, they knew of each other. But as we'll see later tonight also, in some ways, despite both being very, very from and very, very traditional, the, the, they did part ways on issues like this, issues of science, issues of a kind of uh, hard-headed pragmatism, where the, the Ungvar, the, the, the Mishnah Lachas, the Ramanasha Klein, could be uh, somewhat extreme and fanatical in his rejection of anything to do with modernity and the, the values and ideas of modernity, while the Debertina, as we've been discussing, was much more, uh, in some ways, when it didn't contradict what he felt was a fundamental theological or, or, or halachic belief, more narrowly defined than the Debertiner, than the, than the Ungvar, than Rav Nasha Klein, the Debertiner felt that science was, uh, should be embraced somewhat more warmly. And an example was his tshuva in support of Daryashar. It's an incredible tshuva, as I noted back then. He, he, he has tremendous empathy and, uh, and, and, and empathy for the pain suffered by parents whose kids died these horrible deaths from Tay-Sachs, he says. And, it was, and it's also pointless, it's also avoidable, he says. They could just marry other people, he says. Ha'ol al-kulana, he says. Well, what makes, it so, so, uh, what makes it so devastating is that it was avoidable, he says, that, that, that they both could have married other spouses and had, and had healthy children, he says. And it's um, and it's, it's it's only it's only because they married each other. Therefore, he says we, we thank Hashem. He says that uh, Hashem Bereshemayim Varetz, who created Rafua Kodim Hamaka, he gave us the chance to head off the Tesaks in the past. He says he gave us Chachma Vadat, Belev Harofim Mumchim. Hashem gave wisdom and knowledge in the in the hearts of the of the physicians. He says the expert physicians in this area to avoid this and to avoid it by uh, this terrible terrible devastation. He says to do this blood test, he says, that uh, now they can do nasal swabs also, I think, but they do blood tests or swabs or whatever. He says uh, to see if, if we have this, uh, this, this, uh, this problematic match, of the, match of, the, of the bad gene, he says. And then he says, since we, and then he says, and now that we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Barov Rachma V'chasadav, in his great compassion for humanity, he says, he gave us his refuah, Kodim Lamaka, he gave us this way not to cure Tesachs, but to, to, to ward it off, to avoid it, he says, to avert it. Chov Kadosh, it's a holy obligation incumbent on the parents. Alpidin Torah Doshi says, Halachu Lamaisa, to do these tests, he says, to avoid Chas Shalom, the carriers marrying carriers. And anyone who says that there's a Chazar and Bitachan, which was pretty much the, Debrati, the, the Ungvar's position, or Menashe Klein's position, Chas Shalom, he says, anyone who says that, that there's Chas Shalom, Chazar and Bitachan, Eino Elamena Matmiim. That is uh, baffling and bizarre, he says. He doesn't know what he's talking about, he says. On the contrary, he says, anything that you, can, that you can discern, that you can test for, he says, you have to test to avoid these, these terrible things. And he says, and he winds up with, uh, again, incredibly powerful language. He says, And I strongly, I'm, 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 I strongly suspect, he says, I, I really think, Suffolk, and it's virtually uh, indubitably true, he says, that someone who does not test appropriately, the Yatzachas Vashalom Kilkel, and and something bad occurred, children were born diseased, he says, Yadav Molochlachos Bidmezaro Hanifgaim. His hands are are stained with the blood of his injured children. He cannot say, like the people in the Egla Rufa scenario say, Yadenu lo shafchu. they cannot say, not our fault. It is your fault, he says. If you don't test and your kids are born, of course, in earlier generations, they didn't have testing and they didn't do anything wrong, but today where testing is available, it's readily available and you choose not to test and, again, and your kid is born damaged, he says. You're a murderer, he says. Your, your hands are stained with the blood of your own children, he says. And God is going to exact, uh, God is going to exact uh, punishment from you for, for, for the murder of your own children. Incredibly strong words, but again, th- this, is, uh, this, this, is, uh, this is an amazing example of how, of how uh, strong the Debertiner's conviction and ad- admiration of science was that he felt, again, where it doesn't contradict the Torah, 
It's, uh, again, where, where, where Menashe Klein had all kinds of reasons why he felt it did contradict the Torah. Menashe Klein expanded Torah values uh, far beyond, in this case, the Debertiner did. The Debertiner is making the common sense argument, in, with a religious cast, of course, that saving lives is a religious value as well. But where Menashe Klein took a more fatalistic, religious attitude that it's all in the hands of God, especially Shaduchim, and so on. But uh, according to the Debertiner, it's a very simple question. It's a question of saving little kids from dying, he says. Science tells us that we can do it. Science tells us that there's basically a no-cost uh, procedure to avert uh, the horrible death of little children, he said. For the Debertiner, that was a no-brainer. Anyone who thinks otherwise is crazy, basically, he thinks. And uh, we absolutely have to follow the science and, uh, and test and screen for Tay-Sex. As we mentioned, uh, they've expanded to many other diseases. That's a whole separate topic. Should we test for everything, for some things? But at least for Tay-Sachs, the Debertiner thought it was, uh, it was a no-brainer that, of course, we should be testing, because, of course, we have to accept the science. For the, for the duration of our discussion tonight, I want to discuss a very, very entertaining, as well as edifying, series of chuvas of the Debertiner. This is not actually, they're not actually about science, per se, although they are about modernity, and uh, they show a, a traditionally trained and post with a very traditional worldview being thrust into, uh, into America, into uh, you know, mid-century, mid-century America, and how he grappled with it. And in particular, we'll see he had a very sharp argument with Rabbi Asher Klein, who, again, was much more reactionary and traditional, and the Debertiner stuck to his guns and, and pushed back very, very hard against Rav, against Rav Menashe Klein. This is, the, the, the Debertina wrote at least three chuvas on this topic. His position is one of, perhaps one of the most famous rulings, at least depending on what interests you, I guess, one of his most famous rulings he ever issued. Not exactly a life and death situation. We're moving away from uh, marrying cousins and Tay-Sachs screening to something rather more, uh, where the stakes are rather lower. And that is the question of ping-pong, the game of ping-pong. The question was, is, and chess also, and badminton, as we'll see, the, the question was, is a person allowed to play ping-pong and chess and badminton with his wife when she is a nida? These chuvas were written about uh, 60 years ago. The first one is from Tamo's Tufshin Yutes. That was 59, 1959. The other ones were in the Tufshin Chafs, which, which were in the 60s. So the Debertiner's position that he staked out and he stuck to firmly in a series of chuvas, is that in terms of Hilchus Nida, it is absolutely permitted for a man to play ping-pong with his wife when she's a Nida. Now, throughout, the, throughout his chuvas, he reiterates, he's not a big fan of men spending time playing ping-pong with their wives in general, even when she's Tahara. He should rather go to a share and learn Torah, he says. And in general, he thinks that people should have more elevated and uh, more pious lives. But as we'll see, as he reiterates in some of the later chuvas, in particular where some criticized him for why do you have to publish these things, he pushed back hard and said, it's Torah, it's the halacha, he says, I'm Musser, I, I can tell you Musser, and I can tell you my hashkafi, he says, and I can, I can talk about novel brushes at Torah. But the halacha, he says, we have to clearly distinguish between halacha and between our, our, our hashkafas and our Musser, he says. And the halacha, my job as a post is to tell you the halacha, and the halacha is that it is Musser. So let's take a look at his chuvas, and even, even more interesting than the chuvas is some of the meta-halachic arguments that he raises. First chuva, written in the year, in Tammuz, the year Tufshin Yates, he says, he quotes from the crazy place of Yonis and Eipschitz. He says, that the halach is as follows. This, this whole, the whole area of harchakas, of things that men and women don't do when the, when the wife is nida, it's a very, very murky area. The Gemara says very, very little about this. Most of what we do are dramatic expansions of the Gemara that were developed by the Rishonim. The Gemara talks about a woman not about, about, about a woman not serving wine, not serving drinks to her husband while she's nida. Some Rishonim interpreted that to mean that she shouldn't pass any object to her husband. And some Rishonim went even further. Some postkin went even further and said she shouldn't even, that they shouldn't even throw things to each other. So the Gemara talks about. Uh, the Mar talks about serving wine. We shown him extrapolated, uh, generalized that to passing anything from hand to hand, him to her or her to him. And some posts went even further and prohibited zrika, prohibited even throwing things from one to the other. 
We Ashkenazim in particular are Machbed even on Trika. I, I believe Svardim are more lenient about that. But for Ashkenazim, at least, passing anything from hand to hand is us is usser. Even throwing things from hand, even throwing things to each other is is usser. You have a baby. Uh, one spouse wants to pass the baby to the other. You can't pass the baby from hand to hand. You can't even throw the baby from one to the other. If you're if, according to Ashkenazim, at least. You put the baby down, and you uh, the other spouse picks it up. My Chavrusa was just mentioning to me that Rabbi Willig uh, is, is a little concerned that in order to comply with the halachas, people sometimes do somewhat precarious things with babies. They put them on hoods of cars and on tops of dressers. They perch them precariously. Rabbi Willig thinks that that is uh, a bad mishkalach uh, that you're kind of out of the frying pan into the fire, endangering your baby. He thinks that there is basis for leniency about uh, there are ways to there, that, that there are ways to pass the baby and so on. But uh, okay, but the ikra din is in general you shouldn't you can't pass things and you can't you shouldn't even throw things for Ashkenazim. So the Debertina brings from Yonatan and Eipshitz in the Kreisiu Placey that even though you can't throw things directly from one to the other, so you can't uh, so you can't you, you can't throw the baby from him to her. But you can toss the baby up, not talking about babies, but I just like referring to babies. You can throw something up in the air, not toward the woman, but up in the air, and she can pick it out of the air. You're not throwing it to her, you're just tossing it, or uh, tossing it up in the air, and she swipes it, that's okay. So he says, and you can be making on that, because the whole thing's a chumrah, as we said, the whole throwing things is nowhere mentioned in the Gemara, it's all chumras and extensions. He says, really it's only a chumrah, ultimately these dinam are based on Kiruv Hadas, it causes uh, too, much, uh, too much emotional warmth and personal connection, which is not appropriate during Nida. Again, it's Machlokas actually why they prohibited uh, passing, passing things. Some say because of it somehow creates emotional warmth. Some say it's just exactly you might touch. He, he just says here it's because of Kiruv Hadas, but Nagia, he mixes them together because they, it, it will cause emotional connection and touching, and it can lead to Gilead Arayas. And Veloso Sifu, don't add things, don't add too many chumras, pentigru chas v'shalom, adding too many chumras comes at a cost, and he, as a Debertina will extrapolate on later. And therefore he says, so, so throwing things not directly to her is mut. That's the Rebionis and Ibshitz. Says the Debertina, alpidvarm ha'elu ha'amitiyim, based on these true and halakhali correct uh, comments, he says, I once ruled, a person asked me a shayla, can he play ping pong with his wife when she's in Nida? So first, the, the Shoal carefully lays out the rules of ping-pong. The rules of ping-pong are as follows. Lamashal. Let's say the man has the serve. The man, he says, Ha'ish, Maka be'itz ogl He strikes with a round, broad stick, the paddle. Al-kadr katan, on a small ball. Kal a very, very bouncy ball. The kadr is nogea betchila b'chele katsia shulchan akarav l'gabadidei. When he serves, the ball first strikes the half of the table that's closer to him. Now he explains what this table looks like. This game is played on a table. The table is divided into two halves by a net. When the ball strikes the table, when you serve, it has to strike your half of the table first. It then bounces over the net, if you serve correctly, onto the second half of the table. And then when the ball bounces off the, the woman's side of the table, the, the receiver's side of the table, Ishto, the woman who's receiving the serve, she's standing on the end of the second end of the table, her side of the table, she is she strikes the ball. The ball, this time that she's returning, not serving, the ball does not bounce on her side of the net. The ball goes over the net if she if she if she returns the serve correctly. It strikes his side of the table. And once it bounces off his side of the table, because it's very bouncy. Then the man again returns the ball and he strikes the ball. This is all going to be important for the halacha. He's not just telling you the rules of ping pong for fun. He strikes the ball over to her side of the table. That's how you play ping pong. Is it permitted to play ping pong like this? This is what somebody once asked me. He said, I answered that it's mutter based on the place he says. Throw, even throwing, it's only usher if he throws directly to her. 
But if he throws and she picks up the throw, but it wasn't thrown directly to her, that's okay. So here also he says, neither he nor her, neither the server nor the receiver, neither one throws the ball directly to each other. The rules of the game, the rules of ping-pong, he says. When you, when, when, you, when, when you return, when you, when you serve or when you return a serve, it has to strike the table. If you don't, that's called obstruction, apparently. That's called, uh, that, that's called obstruction or volleying. That, that, that's not allowed. You, you, you can't, you're not even allowed to return the ball without letting it first bounce on the table. If you do, then, uh, the other, the, then the person who hit it to you gets a point if you don't let it hit the table first. And the, only when the ball bounces, rock us, only when the ball bounces off the table, then you're allowed to hit it. And it's your, and it's your, it's your job to hit it to the other side of the table. Therefore, he says, that they're not throwing it at each other, they're, they're, they're throwing it at the table, and the other side is picking it up off the table, he says. Therefore, he says, that doesn't cause Kiruv, Das, and Nagiya, maybe Lidei Kurva, they're not throwing to each other directly, so that, that's like the Placey's case of throwing it into the air. Ain lesser. Furthermore, he says, another Tzad Hatter is, Biyoser, Shehiva, Gamhu, Lidei Eitz, Ogl, Shabiyadam, both he and her, both the server and the receiver, they're not even catching the ball directly in their hands, or hitting the ball directly with their hands, or throwing it from their hands. All their interactions with the ball are taking place by this round, uh, this round stick, the round paddle in their hands. Makim v'nogim ba'akadr, they strike the ball, they hit the ball with their paddles. Kalos akvitsa, the very bouncy ball. Ve'ein nogin b'yadayim ba'akadr klal, they don't even touch the ball. Kenu adin la'omakadvarim, and therefore there is... Therefore, there is no uh, no iser in terms of no iser in terms of ilchus nida. That is the iker laalacha. Some posts can have an additional svar to be mekel. Rav Heinemann, for example, has said that that besides besides the debertina svar, he says there's another reason to say it's not called throwing. Throwing, he says, is when you want her to catch it. Here, he says you want her not to catch it. The whole point is to hit it in a way that the, that, that the receiver cannot return the serve. It's the opposite of norm, normal throwing. When when the post can ask her throwing or passing. It's when I want you to catch it. I want you to. I want you. I want you to grab it. If I, if I don't want you to get it, that that's a whole different kettle of fish. Okay, that's another argument. But this is what the Debertiner says: because it strikes the table, it's not direct. He says, therefore, this this is the din laomekadvarim. The halacha is ping pong is not usher. However, he says, ani libo lazov I spoke to him. I tried to persuade him to uh, curb this habit and not to play ping pong. Even when she's tahori, he says. Find something better to do with your time, he says. Learn Torah instead, he says. But I was unable to persuade him, he says. Because this man tells me that only by playing this, he says, by playing ping pong with her, it, it stops her from worse things. If he gives her a little bit of an outlet to play ping pong with him, it stops her from going to the movies, he says. If he won't play ping pong with her, She'll just go watch a movie. So he says, okay, so then uh, this is the lesser of two evils, harm reduction. So playing ping pong was grudgingly necessary. So I was matir, he says. So I was matir. And, uh, the, and even though B'derach HaMusr, I would normally tell people, you shouldn't do this, go learn instead. But Debertiner, for all I keep emphasizing that he was uh, in some ways less of a uh, hardline reactionary, I don't think he quite got the idea of date nights so much. I don't think he was quite on board with date nights. But he felt they should really learn Torah, unless you're doing this in the, in the, with the, the noble goal of stopping her from going to the movie theaters. Then he says, similarly, I was matir b'chiyai gavna. I, w- I allowed a husband to play chess with his wife. He says, we can't ask her, he says, even when she's a nida. He says again, that we should discourage them, they should find something better to do with their time, he says. But uh, we've discussed in the past, in the context of Moshe of Leitzin, various posts can have debated whether chess is, should be frowned upon, forget women, should just be frowned upon as a waste of time, as Moshe of Leitzin. On the one hand, Primagodim, Mishabur, some posts can say it's Moshe of Leitzin. On the other hand, we have testimonies of the great Gedolia Svardim of the 16th and 17th century. They were avid chess players that the Kesegdola brings this. They would play, they would watch others play, and uh, kibbutz, and, and, and talk about the games. So the... So we find both both sides of that question in the in the Gedolei Aposkim, but anyway, the, in Hilchas Terms of Hilchas Nida, the Debertiner says since the game itself doesn't cause Kiruf Hadas, it doesn't cause emotional connection. He says we can't ain be a denu lesser mitzad halacha. We cannot prohibit this as a matter of halacha. Maybe he says that's called this is called novel brishos 
Ramban and Kedoshim Kiyu, that uh, the Kedusha means there are certain things which are not halachically prohibited, but are considered wrong, are considered novel Bershah Satara, according to Arashkafa, he says, according to Tarashkafa, which is not like the Ashkafa of people who live in the United States, he says. Torah has a very different Ashkafa on how a person should productively use his time. And he says, it's not really their fault, he says, because people are not, are not used to this, people grow up in America, and they, they don't know any better, he says, Hergel Nasa Teva, Bekashem Od Lachlifo, and uh, we can't fault them for, for indulging in these type of harmless pastimes, he says. It's not ideal. They should understand. They should go to a share instead. But, all right, Americans don't really understand these things, he says. So, as a matter of halacha, we cannot prohibit it. This he wrote in Tufshin Yates in 59. In Tufshin Chavtes, a, a decade later, he discusses badminton. He says, in the year Tufshin Chavtes in Tamas, I allowed a couple to play badminton, even though she's neither. Again, he reiterates, if, it's, if you can't discourage them by, by, by playing at all, even when she's to her, by saying, go do something more productive. But I, I, I allowed badminton as well, he says. Mishak HaChadash, the new game of badminton. How do you play badminton, he says? The rules are as follows. The, the game is played as follows. That he, he hits, each, each player strikes with a clee, with some kind of racket, or whatever it's called, against what he calls cane cadre. It's not exactly a ball. Shuttlecock is something they play with, but it's not, not exactly a ball. It's like a ball, he says. And he, stri- he hits it up very high. He, hit, he strikes it high into the air, and it goes toward his wife. And, the, and, when, and when the ball descends toward her, he says, the, then she strikes it with, with, the, with, the, with the racket that she holds, he says. She strikes it toward the husband. It goes back and forth until one of them fails to return the... One of them fails to return the to return the return the 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 Cain Kadir. Again, he says here that here it's not striking a table first. He says, but nevertheless, here also he's matter. The game itself has no kirif adas. I guess again, he's he's not he's he's not throwing it directly to her. He's throwing it up in the air, and even though it's toward his wife, he's throwing it up as well. It's a ballistic uh, it's a ballistic type of. I'm not actually sure. I'm not actually sure why in this chuva, even though there's no table, he still thinks it's mutter. Maybe it's more like Rav Heinemann Svara, but in this tshuva he just says it's again. There's no kirif adas here. It's just a game. It's not a. It's not meant. It's not. It's not an emotional. Not an emotional experience. He says, "Lomatzasi makom halacha." Once again, I'll be halacha. I can't. Uh, Asir, he says. But again, look at what I wrote earlier. He says where he argues you should find something better to do with your life. He says, but nikra uh, din we cannot prohibit such behavior. This tshuva was published in. Chelek Aleph, and, and it was written, the parts were written in the air as Tavshin Yudtes, Tavshin Chavtes. In Chelek Bays of the Sefer, he wrote to a certain Gon before, he, in Chelek Bays, I'm sorry, he, he wrote to Rav Menashe Klein. He identifies him by name, he writes, Hagon, Rav Hagon, Amaforsim, Amahulul, Barov, Tishbachos, Bechiburah, Payekarim, Shinnaskabul, Luratzon, etc., etc., Rav Menashe Klein, Shlita, Av based in Kilas Ungvar, author of Mishnah Lachos in Four Chalakim. He has a footnote, an, an amusing footnote, where he says, I, my, I don't usually, he says, the Debrettiner said, I don't usually identify my correspondence, which is true. In, in general, the Debrettiner omits the names of his correspondence. He says, the reason I'm, I'm making an exception here, as he says, is because Rabbi Asha Klein wrote, to, when he responded to what I wrote in Chelek Aleph, he told me that he's publishing his tshuvas critical of me in, his, in the upcoming volume, Chelek Hay, of Mishnah Alachas. So first of all, he says, it's not, it's not a secret anymore. What's the point of hiding his identity? He's publishing it under his own name. Second, he says, I have to make sure people understand that I disagree with him, he says. People should know that I have answers to this question. I can't let him have the last word. And people shouldn't listen to him, he says. He's going to disagree with, with all the encomiums about a Rav, a Gon, a Gadol. He's going to use very strong language in rejecting Rav Menashe Klein's critique of what he said. I want to make sure people don't listen to me, he says. He's wrong, and people have to know that. So I have to publish my response, and I have to make sure people connect what I wrote here to what, to what he wrote in his sefer. So I have, to na- I have to call him out by name so people should know when, when, when they read Mishnah Lachas, I'm not sure why, by publishing his shita, that wouldn't be clear the same way, whether he mentioned Rav Klein by name or not. But he says, okay, we're having an argument here. I have to make sure that I don't let him get the last word. So therefore, I have to make sure that uh, I respond to him. So again, he begins with uh, very, very politely and graciously, I greatly, greatly enjoyed your, your, your comments, which are more precious to me than fine gold and jewels, pearls, and I, and I was, uh, 
Very happy that you liked at least some of what I wrote. He says, The he appreciates though the blows of a friend, the, the critiques of a friend. However, he says, Torah emes ksiv, Torah. That this is always the prelude to a sharp argument. The word the word emes is used to describe Torah. The emes chosamo. Torah is all about emes. This is the famous language of the Rebbeinu Zrachia, the Balamar. When he wrote the Balamar, which was a sharp critique of the Rif. He justified himself against, uh, d- against his dissenting from such an eminent authority as the Rif. He writes, he quotes, I think it was Ibn Janach, who says, uh, who quotes an ancient uh, bone mo, an ancient aphorism that was popular at that time. There are different versions of it, but something about uh, Rivla Emes in Maflaton, Plato is at odds with the truth there. Aristotle said this apparently, we love both of them, but we love the truth more. So even though I love Plato, I love the truth even more, so I have to, uh, I have to disagree with Plato, even though I love him so much. So again, he says that Chasamo is emes, Halila milishtuk. I can't remain silent if I think you're wrong, and I can't uh, mislead people. Kushtika Dami, if I say nothing, people will, will think I'm implicitly conceding the point. And therefore, and, and here's where he begins his counterattack, he says, he says, and I say, if you have no other kashas on the two halachas that you critiqued me, this one we're discussing tonight, and another separate issue, if you, if you have no other kashas on, if this is the best you got, he says, if you have no other kashas on, on what I wrote, he says, then us, I say, halavai, everything I say should be as, 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 as accurate and as reliable as this, because basically your kashas here are completely, uh, are completely uh, spurious, he says, and I am absolutely right. So he says that the first part of his pushback against Rav Nasha Klein is about our tshuva, about the ping pong and the chess tshuvas. So he says that he says that the Rav Nasha, So then he gets into a very intricate discussion back and forth with Rav Nasha Klein about different reasons why ping pong should or should not be usher. For example, Rav Nasha Klein said that even though yes, he's supposed to hit it against the table first. Sometimes it just uh, sometimes they do engage in obstruction. Sometimes they do hit it directly one to the other. So that should be that. That should create an iser. Says the Debrusiner, "What are you talking about?" He says, "Tmihani lesser davrashim miskaving b'chumra drabanan." They're not trying to do that. If, it, if it's, yes, sometimes they're going to fail to to serve and return correctly, and the ball will pass directly from one racket to one paddle to another. He says, "That's a reason to aser. It's a chumra drabanan and davrashim miskaving. That's why you want to aser ping pong." Does that create chiba? He says that creates affection. The fact that the ball once went directly from his racket to her racket unintentionally. He says. It's, it's, uh, he says if it's uh, he says that, that if somebody throws something and accidentally strikes it was supposed to go somewhere else it accidentally went straight that, that creates uh, does, that, does that really create any kind of chiba he goes on in like, in like manner and uh, tears from Menashe Klein to pieces and in, in all the details of why not gonna, we're not going to get into all the technicalities of why Menashe Klein fell to his us or why he fell to his mutter but he, uh, in, in similar vein, he, he, he sharply rebuts everything he says, although he does make one very important concession. One of the things Ramon Klein objected was he said, even if the ping-pong itself is not strictly usher, but Ramon Klein said that when they start to play, uh, they might make a mistake, and they might just toss, if, if somebody serves improperly, somebody might toss the ball back to the first person, and sometimes they might forget themselves and do something that would be usher in, in terms of Ilchus Nida. Says the Debrutziner, had I not seen you write this, I wouldn't have believed you could write such a thing. He says, someone as smart as you to write such nonsense, basically. He doesn't use the word nonsense, but that's the implication. He says, according to you, it should be awesome to do anything between them, because let's say she serves him uh, dinner and doesn't pass it from hand to hand. Well, if she wasn't Nita, she would pass it from hand to hand. Should we say it's awesome for her to do anything, because maybe she'll forget herself and do it the way she does when she's not Nita? Of course not. We, we don't make up such exaries, he says. He says, there's no such zero. We don't forbid any kind of contact between them because maybe they'll forget and do something that's awesome. That, 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 that's, there's no such thing, he says. But then the Debertiner makes a major concession. He says, every couple, certainly, surely, he says, makes some kind of hacker, does something to, to remind themselves when they're needed. In the time of Chazal, they used to actually wear different clothing when they were needed. They used to have special garments they wore. They wore when, uh, when they were needed. We don't do that today. That's a fascinating question. Why not exactly? But we, we don't do that today. But he says, uh, certainly you have to do something to remind yourself, uh, to remind yourself when she's, uh, when she's needed, he says. We do it uh, when we eat. When we eat, he says, that they have to do something, put something on the table, or do something to remind them when they eat on the same table that they're, that they're needed, and they shouldn't forget themselves. 
So we put a we put a strange object on the table that doesn't belong on the table. That that's the hacker commonly used. Similarly, he says you should really should do the same thing when you're playing a game. When you're doing anything, he says anything that involves uh, some kind of joint activity, you really need some kind of hacker. So when you play ping pong, he says you should really you should really establish some kind of hacker as well. For example, he says if she typically takes the west end of the table. Let her take the east end of the table. Let them switch sides. If they each have a preferred side, let them take the opposite side. Or some other hacker, he says. And then you'll be out say, kala chashashos and kala deus. Why didn't I write down in the first juve? He says, an important qualification. Even if you play, you should play and do some kind of hacker. It's pashit, he says. It's, it's pashit that it's not better than eating. You need a hacker. This is, a, this is I think, a weak argument. I mean, I, I wouldn't have realized he held you need a hacker had he not written this in the second tshuva and the third tshuva. Right? He expected people who would be smarter than me would understand that, of course, you need a hacker. It's not, it's not, not different from eating. Any joint activity should need a hacker. So, yes, you should make some kind of hacker. But once again, he strongly, strongly, strongly argues that Menashe Klein is wrong, and there is, uh, and there is no reason to ask what he says. And, uh, and I don't know what you're worried about, he says. And uh, yes, of course, I agree that B'derech Musser, that it should be Machmer, the right thing to do is not to play ping-pong, he says, even when she's Sahara. However, he says, to Aser, to say halakhli that it's Aser, I stand by what I said, you can't say that it's Aser. What about chess? At the end of the tshuva, he returns to chess. He says, Ramanasha Klein wanted to Aser chess as well. So he says, the Debertiner says, B'mechilas kvot he says, uh, you know, he, he, the, the, this, their discussion got, got so, uh, the, the, the Debertiner got so skeptical and kind of scathing in his dismissal, or Menashe Klein wrote, at one point he wrote to him, uh, I'm really concerned about your, your honor, which is great in my eyes. I really think you should erase this from your tshuva. That, that's my, that's my, 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 my good advice to you, he says. Uh, you do what you want, he says, but I really think you should, uh, if you're interested in retaining your dignity, you should erase this passage from your tshuva, he writes at one point. But yeah, okay. So what about chess, he says? Mechilas Kvotarasu, he says, you've written things that are completely in, in, inconceivable, that make no sense, he says. And th- th- then he has my, my favorite line. He says, in a kind of backhanded compliment, he says, Perhaps, he says, that uh, you, with such a great Talmud Chacham and Tzaddik, he says, are just so removed, so abstracted from the Havle HaOlam from the nonsense and the silliness of this world, that you don't even know uh, how, you, how they play chess, he says. And you wrote according to your understanding, which is detached from reality, he says. However, everything you've written about chess, he says, is completely inconsistent with the reality, and it's it just, it just completely uh, missing the point, he says. He says, why? He says, what did you write that's so wrong? He says, first of all, he says, chess does not create chiba and affection. Chess is an adversarial game. Chess is a game. Chess does not create feelings of emotional warmth and, and personal connection. Furthermore, he says, everyone knows people play chess, they sit on opposite sides of the table, facing each other. They do not sit side by side. The Debertina apparently was feeling that side by side, they're going to come to touch, and so on. He says, that's not how you play chess. You play chess by sitting on opposite sides of the table. He says... He says the people don't, uh, there's no chance they're going to touch each other, they move separately, and so on. I always thought if they're playing speed chess or something, and they're striking, the, they're grabbing pieces quickly under time pressure, maybe there's some chashash they'll touch, but in general, he says the, the nature of how chess is played, the players, the players sit on opposite sides of the table, and I guess he means they alternate taking turns, so there's no concern they're going to they're touch each other, he says. And he says, you know, you're worried that somehow they're going to uh, make some mistake and touch, he says, we don't make zeros like that. We, we, can, we can't create new halachas and just, uh, we can't create new halachas and say that, uh, that things are us here just because they're, uh, because they are, um, we, we, we can't just create new halachas and us things just because maybe something will go wrong. Therefore, he says, what you've written about chess, he says, is, is again, completely, uh, completely incorrect, he says, and, uh, and there's no reason to ask chess at all. He returned one final time to Ping Pang in one last tshuva, and, that is, and this last tshuva is in Chela Gimel, where he said, someone asked him about the Ping Pang that he wrote in one of his earlier tshuvas in Chela Bays, would he be matter for everyone or only for some people? Does he have a different standard for different people? My father always, uh, always is unhappy when Postkim have different answers for different people. That's what somebody asked Debert Senior, do you have a different answer for different people? Debert is going to say, absolutely not. There's no such thing. And in general, I don't give different rulings for different people, he says. 
But he says, the person who asked me this question was a Rav Gadol Batara. He won't, he, won't, he won't identify as, as his custom. A Rav Gadol Batara Ma'ot. This Rav, he brought many rayas that Meikra liked the Debertziner, that Meikra didn't ping pong his mutter. However, he says, you shouldn't have published your tshuva, he says. People you know, look for kulos and they uh, justify other things, he says. Some things, a little discretion would have been, would have been advised. This Adam Gadol said, even though, even though I agree that technically you're right, I don't think you should have published. First of all, I, I don't know, would you really answer this for everyone? Or is this like some kind of shas chak or something? And second, he said, I don't think you really should have published this tshuva. This is not the kind of thing we have to go around publicly announcing. Says the Debert Senior, that's not the way I work. I'm not machmer for individual people, he says, different things than I, than I tell people on the whole. Except, he says, something that's nagea the klal, if we need a communal policy on something, Against against the reform or against the Mizrahi and the Zionists, he says he, he was very much not a uh, he very much did not like the the Zionism and uh, and 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 and, the, and these movements the, these modern movements. He said something as a matter of national policy, communal policy. Yes, then we have to. This is Harisa Sadas. We have to make Chumras and Xeris and Siagim. Chinuch, he says, the, when it comes to Chinuch questions. I'm very, very strict, he says, and I, 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 I ask her things. Yes, I do all this, he says. But uh, he says, when, 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 he says when, when, it comes to, when it comes to these things, when it comes to these important policy questions, he says, yes. Then, then when it comes to chinuch habanim ba'abanas, hayashan, we're fighting about this now with the New York rules, he says, or letting girls go to work in inappropriate places. These things I'm very strict about, even beyond the, the Ikradin, he says. Not when it comes to Isser Vahater, he says, when it comes to Isser Vahater, my, my, my way is, he says, I look for kulos. I look, I, I try to be mekel, I, I don't look for chumras for people. I try to be mekel to the, as much as the Torah allows. He goes on for a long discussion of this tshuva about how it's important to find kulos. It's important to be mekel. He quotes from Yaakov Emden, who says, he proves that Rabbi the traditional derech Torah, they would look for heterim for everything to avoid imposing chumras on the tibur. He brings the Yushalmi. The Yushalmi says, just like it's usher to say something about something that's tummy that it's tar, it's also usher to say something is tummy that it's tar, meaning you can't, meaning just like it's usher to allow something which is forbidden, it's usher to forbid something which is mutter. It's usher, he says, that the, the Shach passes like that. It's usher lahatur isur, usher lesser is a mutter. You told me, he says, that, that, that I shouldn't have publicized this chuva and this heter. So he says, yeah, well, if you look what I wrote, I wrote that I don't recommend it. I wrote that I don't think it's a great idea. That, that, that anyone who's willing to listen to me, he says, I wrote his novel, Bershus Atar. I wrote that I don't like it, he says. But Allah is Allah. If it's mutter, I have to say it's mutter, he says. And, uh, and he goes on, and he goes on like this. He says, again, the Tshuva Me'aba, the Tshuva Me'aba, Rabbi Yezer Fleckel, the Nadvihuda's great Talmud, writes, anyone who's Mekel Shalokadin, Bashum Chayyim Lamakum, he says, Hashem is mochel, but if you're machmer shalokadin, that's not mochavero, that's not very, you're machmer on someone else's cheshman, you have to ask mechila, he says. It's, uh, if you're machmer b'mezid on somebody else, you're a shota. You're over in losam and al you can't just impose chumrus on people, he says. He goes on and on like this, he says, the importance of finding kulos, the importance of not being so strict. And then he says, furthermore, he says, I'll tell you the truth, he says, he says, you're telling me that I was too lenient, that, that, that I was too uh, permissive, that I allowed something which uh, was, was better left unsaid. I'll tell you the truth, he says. Another Rav Gadol, he says, told me, he didn't like, he thought I was too strict about chess, he says. He says that ch- chess or checkers or dominoes, he says, that I, I wrote that was novel brushes Torah. This other Rav said, no, ping pong, he says, good. Ping pong, it's, uh, it's novel brushes Torah. That was right. But chess, he says, dominoes and checkers, he says, is, uh, that's much, that there's no chiba, that, that doesn't cause any, that's less flirtatious, I guess, that's less, uh, I'm not sure exactly why, but that's less, uh, that, that causes less chiba, the ain lahachmer lam klal, if they need it, he says, you shouldn't call that novel brushes at Torah. If that's how they live, if that's, their, if that's their spiritual level, he says, you shouldn't go around telling people that that's making them feel guilty for playing chess and checkers and dominoes. So, says the Debertina, look, he says, you Adam Gadol I'm running to now, he says, he says, great minds can, can differ about this, he says. I wrote that ping pong, checkers, chess, dominoes, is all mutter mikra din, novel brashus Torah. He says, you wrote that I should have suppressed the heter and, and not even said it was mutter at all. 
This other, this other Rav said, uh, I was too machmer. I said that chess, I said that chess is, uh, is number three. I should have said chess is mutter totally. So when it comes beyond the halacha, everyone has different opinions. That, 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 that There's no clear black and white here, he says. Mi yucha lotes kaladeus. I can't make everyone happy, he says, to go, to go against every, uh, to, to satisfy everyone's, uh, everyone's shitas and what I should publish and whatnot. And you should know, he says, these two rabbanim are bale harama for some of them, gedolim batarim for some begadim sidkasim. He says that this is, uh, these, these are great people and they don't, they don't see eye to eye on these things. And then he justifies what he did. He says, I'm going to justify what I did, but he quotes uh, an interesting precedent. He says, there was a certain hetero in Hilchah Shabbos. We're not going to get into the details, but it allowed, uh, it allowed a kind of sale, like a Mechir style sale, to avoid having a business do certain work on Shabbos. So the, 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 the Divrei Chaim, the Divrei Chaim, the Rav Chaim Halberstam of Sanz, allowed this hetero he found a hetzer for businesses to operate on Shabbos by, by a kind of formal legal, formal legal loophole. The son of the Divrei Chaim, the, the Gon of Shinova, and uh, said, this is terrible, we have to ask you this, there's no way we should allow this. And he said, the, the, the Baal of Muki Arachayim, he says, made Shalom. He said, the Muki Arachayim said, no, I, I can explain to you both their positions, father and son. They, he says, they, they both wanted to promote Shmira Shabbos. It all depends on the context, he said. The Divri Chaim saw that people were in Galicia, were on a low madrega, they were prutzim, they were way too lenient, he says. And he thought, if we don't let them have this heter of, 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 of a mechira for Elcha Shabbos, they would do Chil Shabbos Gomer. So he said, harm reduction, harm mitigation, allow the sale, allow the sale of the business. If you do it correctly, it'll, it'll at least limit the, the level of Chil Shabbos. But the Gon of Shinova, he says was writing in Hungary, he says, that they were not Mazalzal, they were much stronger religiously, he says, in Hilcha Shabbos. And he thought that this hatter will be parried together. It will, it'll, people, start, people will start doing things they wouldn't have done before. So it all depends on the context, he says. That, that when something is mutter mikradin, you want to know if it's good policy, he says, you have to look at the, the context. Will this cause more kvot or less kvot More shmir mitzvahs or less, he says. So the so he says, even the Muki Arachayim, with great kanai, the Milchas Elazar, I think it was, he was a great Kanai, an extreme Kanai, a Mephorsim Le Kanai, Kitsoni, Bilti Lashem Levado, Eish Lahava. We all know this, he says. He said that the. He, he actually criticized the Rabbanim in Hungary, he says, who were too machmer and don't give people a term for anything, he says, to sell things for Shabbos. Because he, he, if they're so strict, they don't allow this Mechira to, to give a loophole for Ilcha Shabbos, they're going to do it, Chil uh, Shabbos Gomery says. And Muki Arachayim wrote. That it's the, it's the fault of these rabbanim that, that all they can do is be machmer. He says they don't understand that in some cases you have to be mekel. He says it's they're, they're going to get blamed for this chil shabbos. He says, and this is my idea as well. He says that yes, that 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 for for those who want to keep hilchas nida, they're not on such a madrega. They can learn all day. I gave them that to a ping pong. He says for those who want to do the right thing. He says for those who are committed to a life of Yira, of uh, dikturka mitzvahs and yirashamayim and chasidus. Yes, when I told them it's not brushes they'll understand. They shouldn't do it. So my publicizing that ping pong is mutter, but is novel brishas atara, is not going to cause any zilzil in Kvot Shemayim. Those who live their lives on a higher standard will understand that if, that if the Debrecina writes novel brishas atara, you shouldn't do it. And those who are not on that madrega will at least have, will at least have something to do with their wives, both and Hetzer. They won't go to the movies, they won't do things that are Rosh Gummer. So my tshuva, I, I stand by my guns. It says, I, it says I, I stick to my guns, I stand by what I wrote. It is mutter mikradin. And it's correct to publicize this. There is upside. There's no downside. Of course, you have to have a hacker. He says you have to have uh, you, you have, the way you play. You have to uh, some hacker, like I wrote. He says, and then there's one or two final things. It's a little bit late, but I just can't resist uh, these last couple of points. One or two final things. He says when you play dreidel. He says, misavev trendel. When you play dreidel with your wife when she's an ida, he says people do it. I think you have to have a hacker, he says. You could have separate dreidels. If they normally play with the same dreidel when she's Taura, they should have separate dreidels. Or some other hacker. If everyone plays using the same dreidel, he says, then that's okay, but they should sit uh, on the opposite sides of the game. They should sit far from each other. That's what, You should have some kind of hacker that they shouldn't sit near each other. You need a hacker if they're the only two. If they're not the only two sitting far away, is, is okay, he says. But you do need some kind of hacker, he says. Card playing, he says. Card playing, he was very much against. Einun Svansig, Blackjack, I guess, Nikra Einun Svansig, 21. He says, he, was, he had a very, he, had a, he, he was not too happy about that at all, like other posting were a topic for another time. 
But he said, besides the fact that it's mos, ma'od, it's, it's revolting that a man and woman should play even when they're tahore, he says, but when they're tamea, that is us. Or even though ping pong and chess and dominoes and checkers and badminton, he was makily, he says, card playing, he says, blackjack, it's, uh, they're going to be over, they're going to pass things to each other, they, they, they take cards, they, they, uh, they deal, they give cards to each other. And Hecker doesn't work. They, they get caught up in the, in the heat of the game and they forget. Even though he told the Deborah, even though he told Rabbi Klein, we don't make up our own Xeris, we can't start making up new Isurim, but card playing, he felt, the, the atmosphere of the game is so conducive to violating, violating Nida, he says, if to our great pain and suffering, people play cards in Hanukkah, at least she, she has to, uh, she, she, she has to sit uh, far apart, apart from the husband and, uh, and, and 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 they have to they have to have they have to they have to stipulate he says that that all the players that, that all the players uh, that, that the dealer the person who gives out the cards he shouldn't give the cards directly from hand to hand that he should put the cards on the table and everyone should do it like that and it says nobody should come to pass from Ishla Isha and certainly it's novel brushes Torah and the Dr. Carbe but the card playing he, he he was not happy at all with uh, with playing men and women at all it's far too easy to to lead to Averis of need, and if you do play, be very, very careful, have all kinds of rules in place, make sure there's no touching. I'll call upon him, he said, ping pong, badminton, dominoes, checkers, and chess is mutter meikradin. He feels they're all novel brushes at you really should learn instead, or do something more high-minded. There was one god who felt that chess, chess wasn't even novel brushes at There were others who felt you shouldn't publish any of these heterim because they, 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 lead to, they lead to too many leniencies. But I'll call upon him, that is the sheet of the Debertziner, that you, and the most important thing to take away is that you have to distinguish between halacha and between ashkafa and musr. It's important to talk about novel brushes of Torah as well. It's important to talk about what's advised and recommended and whatnot. But at the end of the day, as a posik, you have to be able to distinguish between halacha and, and ashkafa. Halacha, it's mutter. He sticks to his guns. Halacha, it's mutter. We cannot say that it's usr. Torah is emes and chasamo emes, and we have to say the halacha. We, can, we also can and should add the ashkafa as well.